0: to live in the Messiah's love. I'm your host, Kimisha Lucier, and I'm so glad that you're back. I'm so glad that we have this time together. My beloved is here and we are excited and looking forward to get into the word. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we just honor you. We exalt you. We exalt your name and we decree and declare that you are high and lifted up, not only in this earth and not only to others, Lord, but to us because we are your people and we delight and desire to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not just the things that seem glorious or powerful or spectacular, but the things that are on your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, the things that you would have done in this time, in this season. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. We thank you for the time that you have invested in us and that you are spending pouring into our hearts, each individually and uniquely, but also as a corporate body, Lord, and we just thank you for this time and this fellowship. Holy Spirit, we give you the opportunity to have your way. Speak as you want to speak and move freely, Lord Jesus, through this this teaching and this time. Let us be in perfect alignment and in tune with your will, Lord, so that you're pleased and you're satisfied and you do in fact get all praise and glory and honor to your name. Lord, I thank you for the listeners. We thank you for their, the grace that you've supplied to them, the mercy that you are bestowing upon them as well, Lord Jesus. And we just ask you to keep them and we surround them right now in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, with faith, hope, and with love. And the greatest of these three is love. And we thank you, Lord, that your love never fails, that you never fail and that you are love. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're protecting them, that you're keeping them, that you have their minds in your hands and that their minds are stayed on you, Lord Jesus Christ, so that their peace is increased and multiplied. I thank you for blessing their basket and their kneading bowl, Lord Jesus Christ, that you always give them all sufficiency in all things, and you cause them to abound to every good work through your grace, which you abundantly supply. I bless them with your healing power, Lord Jesus Christ. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling inside them and quickening their mortal bodies, and I just thank you, Lord, for supernatural and divine strength, mental clarity and focus and energy, Lord Jesus, to finish the work that you've called us to and to get the job done. We thank you for that supernatural intervention. And we bind every attack of the enemy. We bind every work and strategy of the devil in the almighty name of Jesus and the hands of those who cooperate with them. Lord, save their souls and give them an opportunity to depart from wickedness, but do not let their activities continue against us, Lord. And we just cast those out in the almighty name of Jesus. And we decree that whoever has dug a pit for us will fall into it themselves, but you're still able to deliver their souls, Lord. And we just thank you for it, Jesus. And we command it and decree it. call it done in your almighty name, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are still in our basic training, God's Warriors basic training series, and we are in the specific class of the intro to spiritual warfare. So we're still walking in this. Um, This section of the intro to spiritual warfare is called operational warfare. So we're talking about the who, what, when, why, and how (laughs) of spiritual warfare and just our activity in the body of Christ. Now it's important that we go over these things and look at it. I know that it's easy and probably more exciting or desirable to try to get to the things that seem spectacular, (laughs) but we've talked about this before. You cannot build a house starting on the second floor. I mean, you could try it, it's just not gonna work very well. (laughs) You gotta prepare the ground, you've gotta lay the foundation, and then you gotta build from the ground up. And that's exactly what the Lord is doing in us, through us, and for us because he's a good God and he's working in his divine order and divine principles through through the name of Jesus Christ. So we just accept that and we appreciate God for doing things his way because we know when he does it his way, it will not fail. But if we go by what we think, we can rest assured destruction (laughs) is soon to follow. So um, we have it. We're going to open up with a question. Oh, actually, honey, You had something you wanted to say, and then I'll go into
1: right. So, so we're talking about operational warfare, Mm -hmm. and we'll give you a natural example, right? Uh, Just so we could kind of wrap our minds around some things. So, in looking at operational warfare as a as a military would, there's a an examination of both the levels of warfare. With the types of warfare or operations that can be conducted based on the, the goal, like this st- strategic goal, mm-hmm. right? The desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And in order to accomplish that, there's then a, now an organization and employing of forces or assets that on or near a battlefield, right? And what strategy, and with that strategy, you're looking at tactics, techniques, and procedures need to be employed in order to achieve the goal or conduct a successful operation Mm -hmm. or mission. So I know there's a lot in that and what's said, and it might go over some people's heads, but that's the natural in the natural. And I assure you, it is the exact same on in the spiritual level. There are multiple levels of warfare. There are multiple types of warfare operations Mm -hmm. that the Lord conducts. Mm-hmm. for his his people and to carry out things in the spiritual realm. And he does shift or move his people forces in order to carry out the operation. He also empowers them and everything else. He is very strategic, very, mm-hmm. well, there's strategic, there's operational, and there's very tactical, right? And tactical is very in the weeds, Um in in the middle of the battle, while also looking at the bigger, and in the Lord's case, the heavenly picture of what is happening and what needs to happen throughout both the heavens and the earth.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. And there's always, within the different levels and layers and places that spiritual warfare takes place, there's always a common thread. Amen. I mean, the same in natural warfare as well. So we're going to talk about that common thread that is a component that's present in any kind of warfare. Why? Because it's the foundation of what we're going to grow from as we move into <laughs> the other sections of the God's Warrior series. Yes, but, getting,
1: getting more in-depth with the levels and the types of warfare, um, but that's down the road.
0: Absolutely, but learning the first things first. Because that's how you become strengthened. Sometimes we get focused on what seems powerful and important, but you don't learn the basics. So then that you're not fully functional in what, or successful in what you think is is powerful or important. <laughs> Even in natural sports or natural things, we, we know to learn the basics and perfect our operation of the basics so that we can, so we can succeed on higher levels and planes. So we're going to get there, but we're going to start here first. So. How does the Messiah's power, which we talked about, it's his name that has the power. How does it flow through his body? He's the one, he's the head. He holds all the authority and he's vested it in his name. And he said, you go in my name and do these things. That's what he told us at the end of Mark. Um, And also at the end of Matthew, there's a reference, but the, the, what's captured in um, the end of Mark is more detailed. How does that power flow through us? Now that we know whose it is, where it is, (laughs) and what the target of our warfare is, how do we get it to flow? And the answer is that he sends his trained warriors to a place, location, or situation so he can bring aid, assistance, or correction through you. He needs your mouth and your permission to work not just in your life and the territory that he's assigned to you, but also in those places, locations, and situations where others need his help, but they don't necessarily know they need it or they aren't able to directly connect to the provision that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have already laid forth. They can't connect to it themselves. So he has prepared assignments for you to occupy, to bring him on the scene, to bring that connection or the flow or the channel for the Messiah's power to work in their lives and bring access that they don't have for these people that they don't have necessarily on their own or they're not aware that they have it. Mm -hmm. So he wants us to bring his best or he wants to bring his best through you so others can access it. So we're a conduit. We're an access point for the Our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also humans on the earth, to connect with what the Lord wants to have done for them. We we know that we serve a good God, and He's not a respecter of persons. But sometimes, because of lack of understanding, because of blindness, um, and even just feeling overwhelmed by the um, barrage of the adversary, it can be hard for some to see what the specific answer is or access it or tap into it because they're overwhelmed. And I don't like to use that word so much, but the adversary is beating them up in some regards, or the Lord may want to send reinforcements and he needs you to be a conduit or a vessel that his power flows through. So the, the key takeaway is your mouth and your permission. And we've already talked about that before. So um, let's look at some springboard scriptures, and then we're going to kind of talk about this and build on it some more.
1: All right. So the first scripture we're going to go to is in Ephesians chapter two. We're going to look at verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them.
0: Amen. Thank you, Henny. Um, so now when we read that, I think traditionally we've kind of thought about it as God wants me to feed the poor, clothe the naked, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Or we categorize it as just basic salvation. God predestined for me to be saved. But I want to connect that to the fact that we are his body in the earth and right. he is on a specific mission to reconcile us, right? The big overarching mission is to reconcile his um bride the human part of the bride of christ back to the heavenly father so that the heavenly community is restored but in that overarching mission is another mission to set at liberty the captives that's how they get to the next phase of being redeemed and reconciled setting them captive and we read in first john Setting free the captives Yes, did, what did I say?
1: You said setting them captive. Oh, no, setting them
0: <laughs> free. <laughs> I forgot a word. My brain was going faster than my mouth. Thank you, honey.
1: And, and can I can I say this? Yes. And we'll tie it to the military piece, because we are in the God's Warrior series, and we're training mm-hmm. up an, an elite force for God's end-time army. Amen. Right? Um, or the Lord is doing it. He's doing it through this um, this series. Mm-hmm. And that's not the only one, but it's definitely a, a big part. So... I will say it in this way, unlike with a traditional service member for any military or branch of service, mm-hmm. right? There is uh, a surprise <laughs> that happens every time they're up for orders and their career and what's going to happen. And, oh, so
0: uh, when you're in the natural, military, the natural military, there's a surprise every time the right. change
1: happens. There's negotiation that happens for orders or or depending on what Uh, what nation you're in, right? You may just get told, hey, you're going here and you don't Mm -hmm. have a say about it. Mm -hmm. With the Lord, he has already mapped out your entire career. There's a destiny track for every individual Mm -hmm. that is for their good, but also for his glory. He knows what you like. He knows all those things and he knows what's going to accomplish the mission. He's already mapped it out in very specific detail. Mm -hmm. So, for us, it's just a matter of wa- of walking it out, and that's what he's saying here. He's prepared before uh, the good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's read our next um, scripture, Isaiah 59, 16.
1: Well, let's, let's actually start in, <laughs> in 15. <laughs> I know, it tends to be a, a, a trend here. Uh, it says, Now the Lord saw... And this is the second half of 15. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It says, Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle.
0: Amen. So I know that undoubtedly that sounds familiar to you if <laughs> you've ever read Ephesians chapter 6 um, or the New Testament. You see that reference there. But he's also he's talking about the Messiah. Um, and we carry in us the name of Jesus Christ, and we've put on the name of Jesus Christ, and we are his body, a part of his body, and we each have a specific role. We just read that in Ephesians chapter two, that Christ created us, predestined us to have these missions, these good works that he would have us walk-in. And he's already stated in First uh, John that he was, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, actually, First John reports about him. And in the book of John, he says that the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you would have life and life more abundantly. So Even that articulation denotes that he's overturning the work of the adversary. And then if you read about him um, in Isaiah, it talks about the work that he came to do, the set at liberty, the captives, right? To deliver sight to the blind and bear our stripes and all those things that are written about the Lord. He is sharing that mission with us because we are his body. That being said, there is a part of us, That's just like him, right? We are made in his image and his likeness. And it means that we have to, um, willingly be that conduit for his power to flow through, but position our mouths and our, our bodies in a way that he can use us to do that work. So let's look over at Ezekiel 22 verse
1: 30. Mm -hmm. It says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one.
0: Okay. And so we just read those two scriptures. And actually, three really talks about that. It's included in three, even though it's not. um, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter two. It's included in Ephesians chapter two, even though it's not directly stated. Intercession is included in all of these Mm -hmm. things intercession is not just what we think of of kneeling bowing our head and praying intercession is being that conduit for God to connect to to bring his power in the earth when we look at Christ's ministry we see that there are times that he did the literal or tra- traditional active prayer that we think of, Mm -hmm. right? He went away, he prayed with the Father, Um, but then we also see him acting as an intercessor in other ways, him bringing the power of God on the scene, taking it or becoming available to people who themselves were separated from it. And they knew that they were hurting, they knew that they were in trouble in some regards, but they didn't necessarily know exactly what the answer was. And the father, because the son was trustworthy in doing the work that the father sent him to do, was able to be positioned so that he could show up with full access to the power of the father and a open conduit that the power could flow through so that the people could come and receive. And um, I would kind of liken it to like when you see (laughs) gerbils i know this is kind of funny but when you have a hamster in a cage and there's a little water bottle on the side and it's got a little teat that comes out from it it's available and the gerbil can come over anytime he needs it to get some water and drink from it Uh and become refreshed and then do whatever else has to be done well christ was like that the he was the vessel and he was filled and filled up to the brim with the power of God to do the work.
1: And, and the work, we, we oftentimes like to just focus on all the miracles. And yes, there are times, as you were saying, honey, honey, where it says, and, and he went and he healed them all, and then he ministered to them. And you could look at that one of two ways, right? Like, oh, yes, the works were the miracles. Those were the things that the Father had predestined for to do. Or ministering, preaching, and teaching, right? Mm-hmm. That was the thing... The father sent for him to do and and yes that's included in there but it's not the only thing mm-hmm. he could go wherever the the father sent him so he could walk down the street or down wherever needed to be happened so take for example the woman with the issue of blood mm-hmm. could reach out and touch the hem of his garment mm-hmm. to be healed he could be sent so um uh tax collector uh zacchaeus uh uh-huh. right? could position himself in order to cry out to the Lord or anyone else right he so mm-hmm. so the lord could even see one of the disciples sitting under the tree amen and and right, so that that is all part of the same thing as military operations and if you will from the heavenly perspective mm-hmm. being positioned to then do the works it's not only uh, uh, we were talking earlier about even different types of operations or types of warfare, Mm -hmm, all those are included in there. It it might be something as small as encouraging someone while teaching, right? So Mm -hmm. the woman that threw in the two mites, Mm -hmm. she was both encouraged while at the same time, everyone else learned a valuable lesson.
0: Amen. So the doing the work and the greater things is more about being there and being positioned and having mm-hmm. the supply available than it is seeing the spectacular moments.
1: And there are still spectacular moments, the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000.
0: And there are, but I said it that way, because as you brought up about the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus wasn't looking at her specifically mm-hmm. to reach out and touch her. He was available exactly. so that she could touch. And that is what God is looking for. He's looking for those those elite warriors. Will, do his will exclusively even to the the such such a level that they disregard their own will to do only his and they do his will exclusively and they even set aside what other people want them to do so that they can only do what the lord is asking of them because if christ is at the helm everything will be well so I know we want to see the miracles. We want to all of that, but we should want to rather be positioned so that God gets the glory because he knows who's waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. Christ didn't necessarily have to be aware of that woman who touched him. Right. But Holy spirit knew that she was there and had wanted, and the father wanted Christ in that opening at that moment so that she would have a connection for her faith and she could get access to what she needed. It's similar to when the Lord, um, when a woman gives birth in the way that God has designed the human body her body does what it's supposed to do without her specifically requesting it her you know she doesn't cause herself to produce milk she would consciously she doesn't cause herself the, or the milk to be released the baby Is able to suckle. I mean, she's got to pick the baby up, no doubt, but the baby is Mm -hmm. able to withdraw what God has already supernaturally provided because God knew. And I'm not saying that Christ didn't know everything all at once. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I'm also letting you see that we are included in this. Even the apostle Paul, when they were taking handkerchiefs, um, or, (laughs) you know, Peter's shadow, he's walking down and people are receiving healing. They didn't actually do anything per se. Paul was sweating and working. I mean, (laughs) that's not much effort. Peter was walking by. He wasn't doing anything, but he was available and God used his availability Mm -hmm. and his open conduit to be a vessel to flow through. So let's look at... um, Honey, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, no.
1: um, you You were about to switch gears and go... To another scripture.
0: Yes, let's look at let's look at the Lord here in Matthew thirteen verse fifty four through fifty eight, and so remember while you're turning there um, that He sends His trained warriors to a place location or into a situation so he can bring aid assistance or correction through you. And by correction, I'm, please put the whips down out of your hands. He's not asking you to drive anybody out of the temple. <laughs> He's asking you <laughs> to show up with his love and his power and his grace and just be obedient, be willingly obedient and available to do what he wants you to do.
1: Amen. All right. Matthew 13, beginning of verse 54, it says, he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue." So that they were astonished, and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief.
0: Okay, thank you. Now, don't see this the way that it's always been taught. Don't look at this section of scripture and focus in on what the, how the people responded or, what, or not. Focus in on the fact that God sent Jesus, and he showed up. Mm-hmm. It's when you are God's trained warrior on assignment, moving through the earth in the places that he's called you to go, it's not your job to dictate or be concerned with what the people or how they respond to you or what they do as a result of you being there. Right? So these people, this is the Messiah, the creator, the one that they had been waiting for. And he was full of the power of God. He had the answer, but they were distracted. Right? And that's neither here nor there to our point. For today but God sent their answer and remember we talked about he sends us as his trained warriors into places locations and situations to bring aid assistance or correction and he needs our mouth and our permission to do the work so Jesus showed up with his part of it Mm -hmm. he showed up because Holy Spirit sent them sent him there and anybody who wanted to receive from the father could have
1: absolutely
0: and Whether or not the people receive when we go is none of our business. That's between them and the father, but God will still send us because he gives everybody an opportunity. He did not withhold this chance from them to receive whatever, everything that he had for them in his plan that was his best and what they needed. So you take yourself out of the mindset of being the, on the receiving end and be on the end that's being used. You're on the sent end on this um, on what we're talking about here. So you, yes, you need to watch how you receive because you, if you don't receive from the Father, you have nothing to give anybody else, right? Absolutely. But as we're talking about us aligning with Him and being the warriors, the warriors are the ones who bring deliverance, not the ones who get deliverance themselves per se. Mm-hmm. So let's let's look at that. Let's look at another place. First Kings um, chapter 17, verses 8 through 16.
1: All right, it says... Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and say, stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar, that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread, In your hand, but she said, "As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread; only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die." Then Elijah said to her, "Do not fear; go, do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first, and bring it out to me, and afterward you may make one for yourself." and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth.
0: Amen. Thank you. So in our opening, we talked about as the Lord sends us that there are situations where others need help, but they don't know that they need help or they aren't able to directly connect to the provision themselves. So the widow of Zarephath is an example of someone who doesn't know how to connect to the provision. (laughs) Elijah was sent there, not for Elijah's benefit, but for hers, because God had been feeding him with the ravens. Amen right? Bringing him bread in the morning and evening, and he'd eaten angel cakes and, and <laughs> angel water. I mean, I don't know where the water came from. <laughs> well, and,
1: and with the ravens, he was also the brook Kidron, right? So...
0: Right. And I mean, the brook did eventually dry up, but God knows where all the water sources Absolutely. are. I mean, he could have said, dig a hole right here. There's a water spring. Isn't that what Abraham mm-hmm. did? Isn't that what Isaac did? Dug a well and in dug a drought? Wells, Yes. Right. So... It wasn't for Elijah's sake that he went to the widow of of Zarephath; it was for her sake. And in the New Testament, um, actually, let's let's
1: look at that just for a moment. Her statement, her declaration, was that she did not have a relationship with the Lord. She says to the Lord, "Your God." It was not hers. It was the Lord was not personal to her. But now here is this man of God. This warrior for the Lord, who was sent. And you see the turnaround as you continue in the story, especially with what happens to her son and how the Lord uses that situation.
0: Well, and you know... And and this one. mm Mm-hmm. And I would look at it this way. She didn't realize how close to God she was. There it is. She was not of the house of Israel. So she, being an outsider, didn't dare to draw Mm -hmm. near to something that um, seemed like it was set apart for other people. But... Second uh, Chronicles tells us that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone Mm -hmm. that he can show himself strong on their behalf. So he's looking for someone who will have faith towards him or who has faith so he can meet their needs with an answer. And so for this lady, um, Romans chapter 8, 26 also tells us something interesting. Uh, It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. So she's walking around going, oh, I'm hungry. I don't know what to do, right? She's crying out, but this cry reached the Lord, which tells us that there was faith behind it. And her faith was towards God, even though she couldn't articulate what she needed or didn't understand how to connect herself to the provision that God supplies, God heard her cries, and he sent her an answer. He sent her, his warrior, to that place, to Mm -hmm. that location, to that situation, to connect her to the blessing and connect her son to the blessing so that they could receive that provision that the father had already desired to bring to her. And to the point of that, Christ brings it up in his ministry, and he said there was a lot of widows in Israel during that time, but he only sent Elijah to one to the one to the widow of Zarephath, and he was referencing faith. So she had faith. She didn't know how to put it into words. She couldn't. She didn't sound eloquent or pretty. She just (laughs) was crying out to God in that place, um, just like um, Hannah,
1: absolutely Samuel's
0: mother, just groaning and crying out to God, and He hears that. So he needs people who will say, yes, here I am. I'll do what you tell me to do, Lord. I'll go where you tell me to go. And I'll say what you tell me to say when I get there so that these other people can connect to your provision.
1: Absolutely. And you, well, two more examples. You see that with Christ going to, uh, the Decapolis for Mm -hmm. the, for Legion at the Mm gathering, the demoniac, the demoniac. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh Uh, and everyone else had the opportunity to receive Christ as well. So, Yes, But he, he went for the one, mm-hmm. and everyone else had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's no different today. How many times around the world has people has the Lord sent his servants to go witness, to go minister, to go evangelize mm-hmm. around the world to people that don't know the Lord, but they're trying to exercise their faith to connect, they just don't know how. Right. And the Lord will send his warriors, his, those that he has chosen already, Predestined to go do the works so they can connect first and foremost with the Lord, but also within his blessing, Mm -hmm. entering in a relation, a true, personal, deep, intimate relationship with the Lord and demonstrated through his warriors.
0: Amen. And so we could summarize spiritual warfare as destroying the works of the devil, whatever they may be. So it may be healing, it may be deliverance from demonic oppression, it may be supernatural provision, it may be natural provision, it may be um, praying with someone in faith, or leading them to Mm -hmm. salvation. God knows what those things are, what that provision that he set aside for them, and what um, freedom he's trying to bring in that person's life. It's our job to be positioned so that he can work through us. So the greater work is the going. (laughs) The greater work is being positioned and God will work the the miraculous or the supernatural through us. But we're gonna close there for today. Take a moment and listen to this episode again. Take time, share it with someone if you believe it. it will be a blessing to their life and let Holy Spirit speak this to you. The principal things are necessary to build the exceptional things (laughs) so let's stay with it let's stay together on this and let's keep moving forward in christ jesus we appreciate this opportunity to be a part of your walk with jesus christ and we love you and we're praying for you remember to live your life in the messiah's love want to know more about a day of prayer sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages and coupon codes for the merch shop Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe.